Hello and welcome to episode 52 of the 40 Athletes Podcast here on this World Series Wednesday. Jimmy, good morning to you. Good morning to you, Jason. How's things going in your right in the woods? Going great. I mean, I, I know you're excited today. You got your red on and representing the Cardinals, even though they're not in the World Series. So I know you're well, kind of giddy about what you're going to be doing today. Hey, ironically, you know, our guest pitched for him for a, for a long time. And uh, today is actually the 10-year anniversary of Game 6, which I was actually at, of the 2011 World Series, by the way. One of the best games in World Series history. So, But today's guest, though, more importantly, has a story to share about overcoming adversity by using his inspiration of, of fueled by his faith. So, it's yes, he did pitch for the Cardinals for a long time, but the fact of what he overcame to even get to the majors in the first place is quite incredible. And he wrote a book about it called One Line Drive. And today our guest is Daniel Ponce de Leon, and he's sharing his story today of overcoming getting nailed in the head by a line drive and then coming back to have one of the best performances a pitcher can have to have his in his major league debut. So, uh, Jimmy, we're going to go ahead and bring him on on the show today. Daniel, good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks for having me on, guys. Well, Daniel, um, first of all, how are things going with you? Uh, you down in uh, Florida, is that right? Yes, New Smyrna Beach area, and um, things are going great. Very happy to be home. Um, you know, I feel like I've been moving around, living out of suitcase for such a long time that you know it's finally good to have like my toothbrush out in a cup, you know, instead of just in the travel case. It's it's a good feeling. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, let's go ahead and dive right in. You know, what? Uh, why did you decide to, to write one line drive? You know, a lot of athletes have these inspirational stories that we hear about but not many of them decide to put it in a book for us to read it and, and capture. What was your motivation behind it? Um, well, at first I didn't really want to write it, but uh, my, my, my uh, close people around me, they uh, convinced me into doing the book and uh, you know, Brian Greeper, Jeff, or, or them, those guys around me. And uh, they convinced me that if we do this book, we could help people. And that's, uh, that's, that's what we did. And I think the book did serve its purpose in that way. Hey, uh, Daniel, let me ask this. So, you know, you get hit by the line drive, you're in AAA making, making your way to the major leagues, right? Yeah. And you all of a sudden you get a major setback like that. What, what can you tell me, like what you kind of went through, how you overcame that, but how can you tell other people are going through setbacks right now that you can encourage them to stay the path, to believe in what they're doing and they can overcome as well? Um, the, the first thing I did was just step back and look at what's going on. And then, then from there, you know, you kind of dial out whatever plan it is that, that you think would be the right road. And um, so what I felt was that, I was, I could have died. And if I look at my spiritual life, I don't know where my soul would have went. I am a spiritual man. I, I'm a Christian who believes in Jesus. So, so I spent the whole time recovering, you know, reading the Bible mainly, and then other things to help get me healthy. And, um, and, and then it, um, it helped me, um, you know, settle myself down here and control my thinking a lot better. I'm sorry. You know, uh, Daniel, in your in your first uh, chapter of your book, you put uh, a miracle diagnosed as a as a nightmare. What do we mean by that? Whenever you talk about as you start that off, like a miracle diagnosed as a nightmare. So is that like it ended up being like one of the things that inspired you the most? Can you dive into that first chapter and what we're talking about there? Uh, the miracle that happened was that it changed the whole course of my life. Um, you know, at the time, me and what was my girlfriend at the time were not in good standings. I just had a newborn son who I wasn't very um, close to, you could say. Um, it just life wasn't going well, uh, you know, in, interiorly. So uh, so that that injury allowed me to sit back and really get things right, especially my spiritual life with God, because I said I was a believer, but I would call myself a lukewarm believer at best. I didn't know the Bible very well, and so I spent a lot of time reading. Uh, me and my girlfriend, who's now my wife, we went to pre-marriage counseling at the church and you know we've we worked out whatever we needed to work out through there and um you know that served a huge purpose for us and lastly um i was able to spend all that recovery time at home with my son and him getting to know me a lot better than um than what would have happened during the season 
Yeah, you know, I think it's uh, sometimes, you know, we see the these moments in life that many of us would see as as tragedies as, you know, and then they end up looking back, they end up being like a huge turning point into a positive. So um, what are some, what are a few things that you did during that time to turn that moment that your life flipped forever and then find those positives? Because sometimes people have a hard time finding the positives in the moment, but it takes them a while to look back on that or the positives for you. Well, I use that time to really build up on, um, you know, I had I had a lot of downtime to myself. So I use that to build up my spiritual life. And I think that is what really took me off because I was in good, better spirits and um, I was affecting people around me a lot better. Uh, I was able to to come closer to my girlfriend and live the right way as a Christian is supposed to live. And uh, we eventually got married uh, at the end of at the end of that counseling to set things right. And um and uh, you know we have two more kids now, so we have three total because of that. And um, you know it just—I uh, didn't really see it as a negative, to to be honest. You know I got hurt, but that was just like another step because that wasn't the first failure or setback I've had in my life. You know I've had many before, so that was just—I just saw it as like another another thing to move on. You know. Let's. I want to go back to what you said there, the setbacks in your life, because I think you were drafted like four times, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, and you know, being being drafted, people get excited, but it's a journey trying to get to the major leagues, and you know how it is traveling the minor leagues and the 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 place you stay at, and you're not getting paid a lot of money. Um, how do you go from maybe having this desire to be a major league baseball player, getting drafted four times? And maybe the journey's not going the way you want. You're not in the major leagues as quick as you'd like to be. And you have this goal of maybe getting there. How do you tell people to stay true to their goals and to believe in themselves, even when the outside, maybe it doesn't look like it's going to happen? Well, to, to be honest, like none of, none of the things that I went through were in my plan. Uh, you know, my plan was uh, go to University of Arizona, pitch three good solid seasons there, get drafted as a junior and, you know, shoot right through the minor leagues, go to the big leagues. Well, um, you know, I had a lot of different plans on the way. God had a lot of different plans on the way I, you know, than what I initially wanted to do. And um, I've, I've come to learn that I'm not exactly in control. It's uh, God is in control for me. So I just, whatever I get put in front of, I attack with all my heart, all my focus, whatever. And, um, you know, nothing really gets too big if you just keep it, you know, one goal at a time, you stay in that line. Are there things that help you? Because, you know, it is like you say, the focus, your your focus, right, and what you're doing. It's easy to get distracted. I mean, there's so many things going on. I mean, you look at athletes. You look at people I work with today, it's like social media, the things that are going on, they're constantly getting distracted with stuff. Oh, yeah. What are suggestions you can give to maybe people or athletes of how to stay focused on what you're doing and driving forward to complete that task? Uh, step one, delete social media. There you go. Um, that's the easiest one. That's like if you want to lose weight, you know, stop drinking soda and eating sweets. Well, you know, cut out social media. Uh, that's what I could tell you there. It served wonders for me. But um, if, if you're not for that, then um, I think another good thing is set out a plan. And, uh, you know, you have your plan and then you have like these goals. So, you know, my season ended early for me this year. Um, you know, the beloved, your beloved Cardinals let me go. And um, so, so right away, you know, me and uh, my agent, Brian Graper, we got together and we made a plan. You know, and now now I have this plan, so now I have to attack this plan. So, and then when I get that plan, I got to go with my wife. I mean, her have to plan with each other, you know, because we have three kids now. So you got to kind of plan out your days, because if you if you actually look at your day and and time out how much time you spend on social media, you'll be amazed about how much time you actually spend on there. So um, that that's why I said that nix that right away. That's the easiest thing to get rid of. And then, uh, you, you'd see you have a lot of time to do a lot of other things in your life. Yeah. It's crazy in social media. They, you know, the algorithms, they know what you like to watch. They know what you like to see. And all of a sudden you go down these rabbit holes and you're on it for maybe an hour. You're like, oh, what was I doing? But I do, I do want to get back to what you just talked about there. The beloved Cardinals, Jason, Jason Holzer, and you know, in sports and in life, you know, sometimes you get let go. 
Sometimes like somebody doesn't think you're good enough anymore. Right. And it could be many different reasons. Um, what, what can you tell individuals that maybe get cut? They're not making teams. Somebody tells them they're not good enough to play for them. And you know how it is. You get this inner critic within yourself starting to maybe believe it. Maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I can't do it. Maybe I should be listening to them and go do something else, but they still have a desire to continue to do what they were doing. Like what you're going through right now, what could you encourage others to maybe do as well to keep believing and staying true to that, not listen to others? Be honest with yourself. Um, go go in the mirror, look at yourself, and, and really, really examine yourself, see what, see what happened. And when I look at myself and look over my season, uh, I see, I see, I wasn't good enough. And, um, you know, I, yeah, what, it wasn't good play. And, uh, even, you know, I, I have a bunch of excuses I could come up with, but the fact of the matter is that I just didn't play good enough. And, um, you know, so then that's when I really look at it. And then, you know, I got to devise out a different plan and, and already, um, I can see changes within my delivery already, you know, from the, just a little amount of time I put in, and uh, rediscovering it. But um, I think you just got to be honest with yourself. See, I believe that I am good enough to pitch in the big leagues. I am a very good pitcher, but I was just awful, awful season. And I could look back and just see how my past training was this past offseason, and I'm not happy with it. And now I know, you know, you got to learn from what you did. So, Jason, I know you got something to say, but I, I want to mention this on Daniel. But it goes back to, you know, self-reflecting on yourself, right? and look at maybe things that you did well, but things that maybe you didn't do as well and how you can maybe self-correct it, right? Yes. And you can make changes to get back on track to where you want to really want to go. Yes. Well, and, and to piggyback off that, you know, a lot of times people will see a, 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 a rough season and maybe like they get too emotionally involved in it. And then they get, like Jim said, that inner creek how are you able to separate your outcomes from your emotions and just realize like, you know what, this was just a tough time. This is not really who I am. And how can you use that? How do you use that as feedback to get better? How do you apply that feedback to get better? Like you mentioned, you changed your delivery a little bit, you know, and just being able to see it as is and use that as a learning opportunity and not see like as an identity. Yeah. Um, one thing I do is I, I sometimes have notes in my phone or on, you know, like a little journal I keep. And I have these notes that I have of how I thought that day or how I felt, whatever. And then also yeah, I remember things. So then, you know, once once we're all said and done, I sit back and kind of look over it and I see my thoughts. And then you you think you see what's right, what's wrong through there now that you're able to step back and see, you know, the the totals, you could say the the final of the season. So um, you can see what's right, what's wrong. And um, I don't know, you just don't really bring emotion. You just got to be honest with yourself, really. Was I really that bad? Yeah, I was. It was pretty bad at times. But then also I had times where I was pretty dang good this season as well. And, you know, I got to give myself that. Yeah, so it's like balancing, you know, the the negative feedback, but building upon the success you had as well. Well, what, like trying to re-imitate what went right and then do that more often. And Daniel, I kind of want to get into like the importance of mentorship. You know, you were in a clubhouse with a lot of people from a lot of different backgrounds that are all had success in different ways, right? Anybody that's a major league player has had success to get there. How did you find the people to pick to to mentor you that that felt like we're in the right, like they were in the right uh, path that you were on? Like because you could have picked a lot of different people, but it seems like you picked the right people in your life to help you get to where you're at. What was your process of picking the mentors to help? help you learn what you need to learn well one one easy deal for me is uh choosing a christian guy um a christian guy who lives the lifestyle that that we're supposed to um that that's an easy pickings for me and uh really easy pickings with the cardinals when you got wayno there so uh, you know he walks the walk and talks the talk so he does it all and um Another thing is like you just walk around the clubhouse and you watch guys. You see who just shows up and is just good. And then you see guys who who put in the work and, um, you know, they do all the little different things and you see what kind of process it takes to be good. And um, th those are things you can emulate and um, you could kind of adapt into your routine program, whatever. What is, uh, you know, when Jason's talking about mentorship and, you know, associations is who you become. And I tell athletes all the time, who you hang out with is big. 
what could you tell like young athletes and like encouraging them to think about who they're hanging out with? And like you said, making conscious choices that are going to help them get to where they truly want to be. Yeah. Making, uh, hanging out with the, with the right people is definitely a good thing. Um, you know, you, you want to cut the people out that aren't, aren't, um, doing, doing the right thing. Um, also I would say that, Um, dang, this is kind of a tough question for me because I have like conflicting ideas here. Um, go, you go ahead. No, I mean, I I think like I tell individuals a lot of times, it's like, you know, like association, especially when you're even in high school, you know, I'll tell individuals, I'll tell individuals like write down who you hang out with, write it down and then write down. What do they have you saying? What do they have you doing? What do they have you reading? What do I have you, what have you becoming? And then you got to ask yourself, it's like, okay, who do I want to expand my associations with? And then who do I need to maybe limit my associations with? You might have to hang out with somebody. You might be on a baseball team in high school. And it's maybe somebody you probably shouldn't hang out with much out outside of uh, practices and games, right? Or you might be working with somebody. Yeah. So, so you might have to limit some of those associations. And, and you might have to say things like, hey, thanks for inviting me. I appreciate that. And you know, maybe I always tell them if you can't say no, tell them your parent, like, let your parents be the bad yeah, cop in this or whatever. Yeah. But then who do you need to expand your associations with? Is there somebody older that's maybe in high school that's maybe doing the things that in a certain way that that you can model? Is there somebody you can look up online, you can write to, you can read their books, you can, how do you, you know, expand and become more of the person you want to become? There's ways to do it. So I think you got to think this out because again, who you hang out with is who you become. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I agreed to that. And also I like to kind of immerse myself in people who I'm not like, and, um, kind of not, not, not to act like them, but to, to be around them, to let them see, um, how you can change their lives. Maybe, you know, maybe you are, you have some friends that are struggling that you don't really want to be around, but maybe you could be around and show them what's right. Um, yeah. So that's why I don't want to like, you know, fully cut out because I have some friends at home that like, you know, there's sometimes you just don't really want them to be around. But at the same time, they're your friends and you care for them. So so maybe you do want to be around and maybe help them out, show them the right way. How, how do you go about this, Daniel? So like Christian believer, you know, and you want to you want to like, you know, show the light to others. You want to communicate that love of Christ and show them a better way. How do you uh, encourage and maybe advice you can give to athletes, maybe coaches, a ways to communicate your belief and uh, that you have and, and encourage them with faith? What's good ways for individuals to go about that that don't push maybe people away from that? One thing is to to do what you say. Um, you know, you call yourself Christian, be a Christian. You know, don't don't do other things that that would otherwise have changed that perspective. You know, you got to pass the eye exam first, and then secondly, um, you. What was the question again? Well, it's just like you know how sometimes people might be have a faith in Christ, be a Christian believer, and they want to express it to their teammates. They want to encourage others to maybe come to church with them or do something or join a. A, a Bible study or faith group, but they're maybe nervous to approach them or communicate it or show their faith to others because they think they might be judged or might be not looked at in a certain way. What type of, you know, encouragement and ideas you can give to them that can help maybe communicate your beliefs in a certain way that get people to be open to that and maybe come more toward that. The second thing I would say is know your Bible. So you know how to adapt to different situations. And then people say, well, the Bible doesn't say this. And then you could say, well, the Bible does say this, you know, you got to know it. People don't know if I, you can mention a random guy in the Bible, you wouldn't know who it is, you know, nowadays, but you got to know your Bible. And then um, lastly, be a, uh, be courageous. You know, that, that's uh, you know, it says all through the Bible, be, don't, don't be, don't be afraid be courageous. Well, and and when you say that, I like that. And the other part is, we're going through some challenging times. Yeah, people are struggling and people might say like faith, faith in what, where's God at? Where's God in all this? Where's he at? Like, why, yeah. why should I believe in this when I'm struggling, whatever? 
what can you tell individuals like that that might come, you know, I'd say that to you like, oh, yeah, you have this belief, but I don't see God in my life. Well, um, yeah, if you believe in the Big Bang Theory, you probably have more faith than me, first of all, um, <laughs> because you're having a lot of faith in scientists. Um, science is a religion in a way, and um, it just matters where you put your faith in. And um, next, um, I'm sorry, yeah, I kind of get a little uh, distracted with that oh, one. You, you just got to know your Bible, really. You just got to know it. And uh, it just makes too much sense. And uh, also what you need to do is if you are a Christian or a believer, write down your prayers and the date. And then you'll come back a year later or whatever. And you go back and read and like, wow, God did answer. Or maybe he didn't answer. And then you see why now. I mean, you, it's, 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 it's mind blowing when you do stuff like that. So you mentioned like you you have a journaling practice and the, the 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 effect of writing things down. What what are some of the magical things you've seen by writing things down and how you've seen those of like how God answers your prayers by simply getting your thoughts out of your head and onto a piece of paper? Uh, it just helps you remember, you know, first of all, and then it helps you come uh, come back and reflect. You always need to just come back and see what like see the overview of everything you're doing at the time. And uh, it just it really deepens your faith. If you if you really go back and you read something that you wrote down a long time ago and you're like, wow, like he answered that one for me. And I, you know, I'm praying for it forever and you finally see it. Um, it's yeah. just well, I like think it's a lot of times, you know, whenever we pray, it's a lot of word of mouth. It's a lot of, you know, like in your heart or something like that. It's silence. But like you mentioned, writing it down, it's like it's etched in history. And then you can go back and reflect like. That almost kind of builds your faith, am I kind of right? Because then you look oh, back and time. oh, he answered that. Maybe it wasn't when I expected it to, but it happened on his time, you know. So is that kind of a way you would encourage people to strengthen their faith is by by the the process of journaling? Yeah, um, there's there's many ways. Um, you could watch a guy who worked through faith or whatever. What what really does it for me is seriously like learning the Bible, and it's it's too perfect. It makes too much sense. I mean, it told it told the future before it happened um, in the book of Daniel, it told the whole history of Alexander the great before 700 years before it even happened. It was translated into Greek. And uh, I don't know. It's, it's mind blowing for me. Every time I read it, I'm like, Oh my gosh. And uh, there's just like little things throughout the Bible. And then you start connecting all these dots and you're just mind blown. It's too perfect. I can't, it, I don't know. My faith was deep in just from reading for me. Hey, Daniel, that- I want to, I want to go back to something though that, that we talked about your first start right in the major leagues, mm-hmm. and I want to go back. I watched the video of you talking about it, but one is this: like, what do you tell like athletes that are going into something that like maybe you're doing it for the first time, or you're getting your opportunity, and, and you got maybe some nerves going, and uh, you're anxious and what are suggestions that maybe you could give to them about how to calm themselves down? to be present in the moment and that they're going to be okay and get themselves ready to, you know, compete in whatever competition they're in. Yeah. Uh, well, I will say like going into that start, like not that day, but the previous day, you have all these thoughts in your head. Like, am I going to be good enough? This and that. And, you know, am I going to go out there and, you know, get a home run the first pitch, whatever. And then you get into the, the day of it and I just kind of go in my routine. And I had a, like, I just had myself alone, uh, you know, before I even went to the field, did my reading, and then I did prayer. And then from that prayer on, I felt like this calmness. And what I prayed for was calm and focus. And then from there, I was calm and focused. And then I go into the field and go through my routine. Like, I was I was almost thoughtless the whole time. And, um, you know, I get on the mountain, and I, and I just relied on whatever I normally do and, you know, I was grooving at the time, you know, throughout the minor leagues, right before I got called up. So um, it was a good time for me. Perfect time. I know you're going to get into something on us, but I I do want to ask you this, Daniel. So you mentioned you you had the warm up, the bullpen session. You said it wasn't a great bullpen session. No. You said your your neck kind of like you got hurt in your neck a little bit, and you couldn't even like. I was in pain to really really look. It was hurting, and so you got the trainer. You're like, hey man, I need some help, and I think they massaged it, loosened up, whatever, but. 
like in those moments when you know how it is, somebody's warming up for something and they're maybe like, it could be basketball, it could be a different sport and they're not making shots when they're like, oh man, I don't feel good. My, my game's not on today. I, I can't make a shot. Or like in that situation, the bullpen, you didn't have a good bullpen. How do you get your mind shifted to be like, okay, moving this behind me, I'm going to focus on the good thoughts. I'm going to go out and have a great game on the mount. How did you do that? No, just got to really just got to go out there and compete. Nothing matters. No one cares if you're in pain or not, really, if once you get out there. Um, sadly, you know, I was in pretty big pain that uh, before that game. And, you know, I had the trainer working on me, doing whatever he can, rolling out. But then once I got on the mound, everything was out the window. It was just me and the catcher. And, uh, you know, God did give me the focus and the calm that I was looking for. And I was able to go out there and kind of flush it. And I, I knew in my head, once it gets, once I get loose, I'll be able to get enough mobility to, to compete. So well, and then I want to highlight what you, what you asked for whenever you went on there. You didn't ask for like, Hey, I want to pay like seven innings of shutout ball. You asked to be calm and focused. And I think a lot of times we pray for like outcomes that we want and like to go a certain way, but you weren't worried about the outcome. You were just more worried about the feeling. Can you explain the importance of focusing on how you like praying for how you want to feel as opposed to like hoping for a certain situation to happen. Yeah. Uh, well, first I know that some of my best games as a athlete, you know, football, basketball, baseball, whatever sport is, is the, the thoughtless games, you know, you're just moving, you're not really thinking too much. You're going with whatever, you, you know, just good feeling. And if you're, and if everything's like grooving for you, then you should be pretty good. And, um, all I needed was I needed some calmness because, you know, it was my first big league start. So, you know, I get a little bit jittery, but um, that's what – so that was the first thing. And the second thing is I just needed some focus, just me and the catcher, and that's all I needed. And um, that's what God gave me. And that hey, was Daniel, in uh, – Go ahead, Jason. Well, that was in Cincinnati, right, which is a great American ballpark. Yes. Which is known for a, a short park, you know, easy to give up home runs, you know. So that kind of played a factor as well. But like you said – the point where you said you were thoughtless, but you were still focused. And a lot of times people like don't understand, like, how can you be thoughtless and focused at the same time? You know, is that, is that just a feeling of like easy flow? Like you didn't have to try that hard, but things just came to you easily. Is that kind of what you mean by that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Cause sometimes, you know, you're out there and you're thinking you're trying as hard as you can, but you can't get it done. You're just, you know, you're overthinking or working too hard. I don't know how to explain it. The best games are when you're just, you know, like, just flatline and just grooving. I don't uh, otherwise a uh, calm and focused. Yeah. Hey Daniel. So we talked about how your perspective has been shifted a lot with what you've been through, um, kind of the priorities in your life. What's important. If you could go back and talk to 13 year old Daniel and where you're at today and you could say, Hey Daniel, this is what I want you to know right now to help you in this journey of life. And what I've learned, what would it be? million things um first thing is like cut out all the distractions social media you know i think facebook or myspace started up and you know i had like the top four friends or whatever you wanted to have um you know probably not do that um find myself a good a good strength coach in the area that teaches me proper movements maybe you know i'm still trying to learn them at 30 years old and um, um, learn the Bible better. I wish I wish I would have had a better foundation at that time to help me through those highs and lows that I went through. Yeah. What What would you tell like athletes right now that say are in high school that have a desire to play college and want to play professionally and they want to play at the highest level? What could you tell them that? maybe tips they should do in regards to training, to training their mind and body to get themselves to be able to be able to play at a peak high level. Find someone in your area that, that could um, lead you in the right way. Cause they're, you know, my strength coach, we didn't really have a strength coach. Our football coach told us to lift weights and I didn't know how to squat. They just told us to look up the whole time when you're squatting. And we know nowadays that that's I bad. Been, been there. I remember the state state whatever. Simple stuff like that, you know. So find someone that, you know, could coach you right. And that's really hard sometimes to find. And uh, if you don't know who to find, then reach out to someone who's in a higher, better position in whatever sport or whatever. And then uh, see what they do, maybe. 
And um, that I think I think um, early on, like good strength training could could go miles. It's like easy pickings on the fruit to just change your body. Um, you know, when I lift, when I like took lifting serious, I went from 88, 90 to 93 to 95, touching 97, just from lifting. Hmm. And I, what I did was I worked for my wife's grandpa in a model home and um, try to help sell houses. And the whole time I was just YouTubing videos of how to deadlift, how to squat, how to do this and that kind of taught myself and hmm. just ate a lot of food and did a lot of lifting. So when you talk about that, and let's let's dive into that part. Is the lifting? I, I you know I work with youth athletes all the way from you know of course you know like third grade all the way to to college level kids. And I'll tell like individuals aren't in high school. I said just like core strength type stuff, just like developing your core. You don't have to like be lifting you know true weights, but you do body weight and get good mechanics in it, would you say that would be the best way for like younger kids to, yes. to develop kind of core strength? Yeah. Uh, younger kids, um, you know, pre, pre high school for sure. Um, I think essential, you just need to, um, core strength would be good. And another thing is just proper movements, learn how to hinge, learn how to squat, learn different positions, different, you know, isometric deals, um, you know, Eric Cressy is probably a good follow if anyone is trying to listen there. He's got pretty good movement stuff. And um, there's another guy in Texas. I'll have to look up his name. Um, I've seen some. He's worked with younger kids, and you could probably find his YouTube videos. Uh, YouTube is probably one of the best instruments you have. You know, you could look up anything there and, and see who uh, different coaches with whatever credentials and see proper movements. But, yeah, young kids, proper movements. As you get into high school and you're a skinny guy, eat a lot of food and um, you could probably start lifting there and you'll get a lot of gains quickly early on. That's a, that's one thing I want to get into as well. Is like you talked about lifting, I think as they get into high school, like you talked about, because I remember when I was in high school, that idea of the squats, you get like, I mean, heavy weight on there. You had to look yeah. feeling your back was like, all right, and you putting all that strain on the back of your spine is like, but as you mentioned, learning how to lift properly is such a key for injury prevention. And you, like some people try to go and they lift too much heavy weight and they have bad mechanics in it. Almost lifting properly with less lesser weight and make sure you're doing it right would be a better way, right, Daniel? Yeah, I, I do agree. Um, you know, and then as you get older, you might be able to get away with a couple bad things like. Uh, yeah, I will say sometimes when I go deadlift, I do go a little heavier than normal, but that's just like the little psycho in me. You know, you try to test your mental, like, like, you know, you can't get it, but you want to. And, um, you know, you go to like a safe enough way where you don't blow out your back, but there is a little mental side of lifting, you know, there, you gotta be somewhat crazy to go get under a squat rack of 200 some pounds or whatever you guys are squatting nowadays with the bar starting to bow, mm -hmm. you know, um, sometimes I hate running, but there's like that mental challenge in a 30 minute run. Like, you know, you get 20 minutes in, you got the side eight going, but you just got to push through. So, and then I think those like little victories throughout each lifting session, each, whatever you're doing, those little victories is what helps build you up. That's what so I, I like. want to get. I want to get into the eating part, the nutrition. I see so many kids, like so much sugar they're eating and just oh, processed yeah. foods. And just like, it's almost like they treat their bodies like trash cans. You know, is there suggestions you can give to individuals about, I know you said eat, like eat, get calories in you, but maybe a way of looking at how you eat and the food you put in your body? Yeah. Um, I hate cooking. I will say that. I will. If, uh, and I agree with anyone who, I don't know, it's, it's a struggle for me to eat because I hate cooking because the dishes, you know, your back hurts from bending over the sink. And, um, but uh, I will say you do need to eat your vegetables. And uh, there are a lot of good recipes out there to, you know, to like make a good kale salad, but I usually do here and there. But um, yeah, good protein sources, you know, make sure you kind of go into the organics. You're not getting all the steroids and whatever else, the hormones they inject in animals. So yeah. they at least try to get organic meat, you know, some, get some good carbs and good vegetables. Um, there's a bunch of diet plans out there that you could follow, but you just got to get you know, a couple main things in. Really? And it's even, it's even like athletes, like planning some stuff out because you know how it is the days 
they're going from one thing to another from school to this activity another activity it's like pre-planning packing some things for you but you got snacks and different things today so you got to maybe plan a little bit and organize it but the other thing i want to mention to you about hydration like just drinking like i i see like I'll, i was traveling and i'll travel with individuals like this particular couple of college players and I get it with Gatorade and somebody come out Gatorade. I go, what? Read that label. How much sugar's in that? And they're looking at like, oh man, so yeah, that that and, and it's got food coloring. It's got this and that. You ever heard of just water? Drinking like water and put maybe some basic electrolytes or something in it, just you can get pure electrolytes. But what's your thoughts about maybe water and not drinking maybe as much sports drinks or fruit juice or soda or different things that maybe aren't as good for you? Yeah, definitely next to soda. That's the first thing to go. And second thing is like, I get I have this thing right here and just throw a ton of ice in there because I love cold water and you know it's always refreshing. So that's a good thing to carry on, like one of those cooler water things. Um, that is always good. And um, there's there's some good products out there where you could get. Um, uh, you know, the Cardinals gave us SOS and uh, it's pretty much a little scoop of salt with flavor and you pour it in, whatever, shake it up. And there you go. You got electrolytes and everything like one to two grams of sugar in there and whatever else you need is in there and it tastes good. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of cheap stuff to you could toss in your water to make it taste better if you don't want water. And you hear people yeah. tell a lot of times like, oh, it, it like water tastes, you know, bland is plain, but just put even some lemon in it. Get a little lemon, put a little lemon in it. Yeah. I mean, ways you can do to make water taste a little better, but it's still more natural for you. Yeah. Yeah. I drink it with every meal, really. Um, you know, I don't ever drink soda. Um, I do. I mean, I do have these these things called Izzy's, which have a ton of sugar, but it's all from I know fruit. Izzy's. My kids like Izzy's. Those are good. That times, yeah. They burn a little bit, but they're, they're pretty good. And they're, <laughs> you know, they're supposed to be, the sugars are from fruit juice. So if you are going to drink, a soda i would say try to go as healthy as possible you know yeah well that that's where i'll talk to individuals like these kids that i'll be with i mean just read the labels yeah just read labels and read the food labels and i'll tell you what's in it and then they'll have like if it's a if it's lower down on the list that means that's a lesser amount in this product what's up top is the majority of what's in the product and you can look at it and you can see and also, people, if you can't understand what you're reading, you can't read something on it, and you don't know what the heck it is, then maybe don't get it, right? Yeah. And also, sugars contribute to gut back, uh, bad gut bacteria, and that's yeah. kind of what I'm big on. So I take probiotics, eat, eat stuff with prebiotic fibers, you know, garlic, uh, bananas, all, and there's a bunch of different things that have, that feed the good gut bacteria, and I think the gut bacteria helps keep you healthy. So you if know. you if you talk about that, like the studies, like because I've I've done that too, the study where like your gut, your health is in your gut. It's like the healthy gut. They call that your second brain. Yeah. And that's what people don't understand. And what you mentioned, do you have any other suggestions like just regards the guts and just thinking about that and the, the health of, of your brain, your body? Yes, it's essential. Um, I, I think that is one of the biggest things that I I attack in my diet. Um you know, I make sure that's why I make sure I eat the vegetables mainly because they have the fiber that the good bacteria in your gut needs and your gut bacteria helps your thinking, the clarity of your thinking. It helps your health. Definitely. You know, I got my three kids and my wife sick all the time and I'm just walking right through them, hanging out with them. I don't really get sick with them and um, trying to get them on my plan, but they don't really buy in every time. And um, the, the sugar, it's eating, drinking sugars, eating sugary stuff, that all contributes to gut, bad gut bacteria. And um, yeah, it's not good. Hey, Daniel, I do want to, I do want to kind of piggyback on that. Kids, I have an eight-year-old and a six-year-old and we've watched like, you know, like a documentary about foods and different things. And we'll have discussions with them and kind of like simple stuff, like what's God made foods? Let's go through this. Okay. A vegetable. Okay. A fruit like water you know, is soda pop is this and they're smart enough they can start to get this stuff mm -hmm. and my kid like the other times will be in stores and they'll pick some up and go oh, that i can't that's got too much sugar in it it's got this and i think we can do so much as parents so we can educate our children about like what foods are and and again what we're putting in our bodies what we eat and drink that we can educate them so they can make better decisions I think we got a role model as well, but there's so much things we can do that our kids can learn from and have a better lifestyle and be more healthy. 
100 percent um all the learning 90 percent of the learning that goes to your kids should come from the parents uh you know whether it's you know teaching them about god it shouldn't be from the church the church should reinforce it it should be from you the dieting should be from you not from school or social media whatever or whoever else or tv commercials you know uh, that's another thing i would next out of your daily routine is tv we I don't watch TV and I try not to let my kids, you know, maybe we'll have a movie night here and there, but, um, you know, I don't really allow them to watch too much TV. I'm sorry. If I yeah, we'll say this on that TV part, Daniel. So this is probably eight years ago, maybe ESPN. I'm an ESPN, you know, I'd, I'd watch and be, I'd be in the kitchen. We had a TV up against like the living room wall. So I'd be watching TV. What's in making dinner or doing whatever. My wife's like, can you please turn that off and like spend more time with the family, whatever you're always like, why? Oh, I got the game on whatever. She goes, why can you stop just watching ESPN? I go, well, just take it out. Just take it out. She goes, what? Take it out. I was like, yeah, just take it out of the house. You don't need it. Just take cable out, whatever. She goes, are you sure? I was like, yeah. So it's been eight years. I don't watch as much TV as I did, but it gives you more time to do things with your family and other that's more important and read, grow, develop. So I would say with what you said, I wanted to second that because I know it's been beneficial for me. And if I'm, I've been raised up in sports and if I can do it, anyone else can too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's one of the best off seasons we had is when we didn't have cable out there and, you know, we had to hang out with each other and you would think that's bad, but it's great. You know, you, mm. you get closer, you guys laughing more than, than you think and get along a lot better, honestly. And uh, you got to do things together and go outside and do things and we'll go on bike rides for hours. You know, there's so many things you could do. This like I know, Jason, you're going to wrap some stuff up in it, but I do want to get into this. It's like my wife, like at times, like with video games with kids and the TV, because kids want to watch TV. They want to watch cartoon. They want to watch whatever. They want to get on YouTube. They want to do videos. And my wife will, will, she'll basically, and I'm with her on that. It's like, hey, you have so much time. But she'll flip, we'll flip it off and be like, go use your imagination. Go run out and play. You got friends, do stuff, imagine things, right? Play, have a good time, right? Communicate. Or like, I think more we can get kids doing that instead of just sitting in front of a couch, laying down, watching TV, vegging out, doing video games. I just think we can get our kids to be more interactive, use your imagination, grow, develop, and be more healthy. Yeah, they're zombies. Every time I come home and my kids are there watching the TV, hey, they're just sitting there, you know, stared. They're glued and they can't even like look at you. The eyes are so focused on the, the screen. It's, it stinks, you know. And yeah. then when the TV's not on, I go, Dada! you know, they all run over and jump on me. So, I mean, it's a world's difference. And um, I mean, just watch the commercials. They're they're sad. Like dumbing, dumbing down the commercial. I don't know. I don't like. I don't like where we're going as a nation. Well, yeah. even even this, but you got commercials where they got maybe a cereal come up, right? They got Fruit Loops or something. It's like vitamin C. Vitamin. You tell oh, me, yeah. cereal. I'm gonna eat this cereal. I'm gonna get my vitamins for the day. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Like some of the commercials they put out there to brainwash people to think like eat this and you can be healthy it's like what yeah and the dad is always like the dumb guy in the commercial for some reason or the guy, <laughs> you know stinks yeah well uh yeah daniel man appreciate having you on today and we always finish the show with the four questions with 40 athletes these are like quick lightning round questions um about what sports has has taught you and and, and how it's made you a better person so our first one is this uh, what is the best life lesson that sports has taught you? Uh, taught me how to compete. Uh, you know, not give up, I guess, would be one. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you just just kind of keep fighting, keep fighting. Whatever situation, you know, you don't even have to be sports, but just do something. Don't, don't give up. Yeah. Um, and number two is if you could spend time with anyone you admire in sports, passed away, alive, fictional, non-fictional, who would you pick and why would you choose them? Dang. That's a really good question. Um, I don't know. I almost want to say Kobe Bryant, but I don't know if I would want – I don't know. I just want to – I heard he's tough to be around, but I kind of want to see how he goes about his day, you know. Mm -hmm. 
uh, just just one day in the locker room, see what he does because he heard you know he wakes up four a.m. shoots, go back to sleep or whatever. You hear about his crazy routines, and I would like to see it. Yeah, yeah, emulate emulating success, right? See what the best do, and try to see how it fits in your life. Yeah. What's uh What's the best advice you've ever received from a coach you played for? Um, this is not a lightning round with that type of question. <laughs> um, man, I don't know. Can Can I get another question? What is? Let me ask this: What's the best advice you received when you uh, went through the moment on the mound of getting? hits in the head and the tries you went through and going through that after the hospital and stuff, what's the best advice that you received or you felt like most encouraging advice you received when you're going through that? The most encouraging thing I think I received was just people actually cared. I think, um, you know, I'm just, I was just a minor league player. You just got hurt in the head. You don't think anyone really cares about you. I was a nobody and no money to my name and just, and then, everyone reached out and was so grateful, so generous to me. And, uh, and that, that meant a lot, you know, just, just someone reaching out and caring for me. That's it. So, and, da- uh, and Daniel, wasn't somebody reaching out and giving you a million dollars. No, they maybe reaching out, texting you or calling you or sending you a note or whatever, just something small, right? That's it. Yeah. Uh, I got notes from people at the game. They all came in when I was at the hospital. I got text messages, calls, you know, people just showed they care, you know, and that that really like meant a lot to me, you know, hit me in the heart. If you had one character trait or life skill, say you're a coach in a team, you run an organization and you're hiring or recruiting or bringing somebody in and they could have one character trait or life skill that you'd want in them, what would it be? Um, high character, I would say. Um, that's, that's what I really like what, what the Cardinals did, uh, this last year is they kind of got together a group of guys that, that did what they said, you know, and, uh, you know, that's, they were able to put together that 17 game win streak. And it, it was, uh, I am sad to go for the fact that I really liked everybody on that team. I was like one of the best teams to be around for just guy wise. Everyone was good. Uh, everyone cared for each other and they worked hard. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't nobody just just kicking their feet up and not caring. You know, everyone worked as a team together. And uh, I think that team's going to be pretty good for a while. That organization, by the way, Jason, as you roll into this, but the Cardinals, I give Jason a hard time to joke around, but my gosh, I mean, I'm I'm from Kansas City, so I'm a Royals guy. But the Cardinals, year in and year out, I mean, I know it's like they are constantly in the mix of the playoffs and being just, say, one of the top, like, you know, 10 teams in the league every year yeah uh yeah it's uh they 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 have guys who may not be the best in the league but uh they're they're good character people you know you have wayno to be around goldie arnado's a very good high character guy and you go all the way down to the end really and uh everyone's you know good people to be around it was very enjoyable It'll be interesting because this is uh they're saying what this might be the last year of wainwright and molina or maybe this mm-hmm. this year coming up so it'll be interesting that transition out because those are two key veterans that are key in that clubhouse, right? Those two are keeping that core together. Yeah, yeah. I think Kisner's ready. He's uh, he's focused. He does his scouting reports, and he looks like he's pretty locked in. He's a good defensive guy and good hitter too. Just yeah. needs well, uh, Daniel, um, you know, thanks for coming on the show today. How can people learn more about your book? Where can they find you? You know, where can they, where can they learn more about One Line Drive? Where can they purchase it? Um, so you can get more people reading your story. There is onelinedrive.com and you're able to go there and per, uh, you know, it has a bunch of links to whatever you need. Um, I'm sure it's on Amazon and uh, Barnes and Nobles. So uh, there's a few different places you can go or just Google it really. And uh, from there, you'll be able to find it. Well, uh, Daniel, again, man, uh, you know, again, it's at amazon.com. Hey, Jason, Jason. Is, yeah. Can I ask J- uh, Daniel a quick question? Uh, sure. How hard do you throw, Daniel? Anywhere from ninety-one to ninety-seven. Okay, I throw about 
I throw about 70, well, maybe 68, 70. I think I got clocked. So what I used to do back in the day, I'm just telling you, I was a crafty lefty, okay? So I'd either start or I'd come out of the pen. But what we do is we come back with the guy we had, he threw about 92. And he had some heat, but he had nasty stuff. So I'd either go before or after. And I, I mean, people were like, they'd laugh when I come on the mound, but they couldn't hit me. They pop flies, whatever, because I was throwing like I, they thought I couldn't even break 55. So if you need someone to balance you out a little bit to make that fastball <laughs> seem like 100, you call me. Let me know. I'll show up. Okay. All right. Yeah. And I um, throw about like 45 or 50. So even then, yeah. So we got a great combination. We could have a marathon, man. But we got yeah. Daniel's fastball look about 102 after they get done with us. Yeah. That's I'm so. telling you, throwing way under the hitting speed is almost just as good as 100. I'm telling you. You remember the ether, right? you ever hit like a soft cross pitch yeah, that like never gets there? Yeah. It's like you're waiting forever. Yeah. Yeah, can't hit it. Yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt, but Jason. We're gonna close it out with him about Amazon and getting the book and that. Sorry yeah. about that. Yeah, it's uh onelinedrive.com. Check out the book One Line Drive on Amazon. Uh Daniel, you know, best of luck moving forward. Whoever picks you up is gonna get a great, great guy, great pitcher. And uh I hope your best years are ahead of you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Well, not just a great pitcher. A high character, even man. better person. Absolutely, even That's better. A person, 40 athletes here, right there. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yes, sir. Thanks, Daniel, for everything. Yep, thank you, guys. All right, take care. Well, Jimmy, you know, it's important not only to believe in yourself, but also that others believe in you as well. And, and you know, Daniel had that belief in himself, and that's why we dedicate an entire week to building strong relationships because it's important to have a, a strong community around you. Jimmy, where can they learn more about our 40 athletes program? They go to 40athletes.com, and, again, they can purchase stuff on the site, but also if they have, you know, teams or organizations with, with uh, you know, uh, quite a few kids or just, you know, could be multiple kids in there, they can reach out to us, and we can do a discovery call, and we can show them how we can partner with them to be able to help, uh, you know, develop their athletes, become high-character individuals uh, through whatever sport they're playing. Yeah. Well, Jimmy, uh, you know, it's a great guest this week. Show a lot of great vulnerability, a lot of great knowledge on as a player. A lot of times we get coaches on here to share, but it's always good to come from people who are currently playing as well. So, uh, Jimmy, enjoy the rest of your Wednesday um, as we you move as well. forward. To another and week. I appreciate all you do. Hey, who you got tonight? Astros or Braves? We should ask Daniel that. Dang, what were we thinking? Uh, I would say, bruh, I would say Astros going to come back to to knot it up, but you you never know. We'll see yeah. what happens. I mean, you know. I always like a series getting closer. We almost have like six, seven games, but uh, um, we'll see. But don't tell Steven that, you know, Steven, don't tell who we're rooting for because Steven's like, like he's an Astros fan. And I don't, don't want to tell him maybe we're rooting for the Braves or something. He might get right. upset. But. Right. Yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, enjoy your Wednesday. Sounds good. Take care. Thanks, Jason. Yeah.